what to give your mother on Mother's Day. Now, back when I, she was living, I never really thought much about it. I just, I was locked into one thing. I'm sort of like that. And I'm going to share with you, I Googled this question. <clears throat> that is the most popular gifts according to this particular site. Now, I already know some of you have gotten some of these things, and I'm going to give it in the order. And don't think, your mama's not going to think this, so don't you think this either. This is just things that they say. And ten, 1 to 10, and I'm going to start with the least being 10, uh, which is flowers, roses, and daisies. Now, if my wife would have got flowers, she would have been elated. I, I, I am not a flower-buying person. I'll give you a handful of weeds. But, you know, I, so I never gave my mom as far as cut flowers. But if you've done that, that's cool. Your mom will accept it just fine. Number nine is candles, scented from uh, uh, scented candles around the home place. Number eight was gift cards to either Walmart, Home Depot, or Bass Pro. And, and I think that Bass Pro is real important. But there's gift baskets. Now, gift baskets, I'm not talking about fruit baskets. That's what you give us when we're in the nursing home. I'm talking about a gift basket of favorite coffees and tea and dipping pretzels and truffles and all that stuff that goes in it. Number six is a home spa treatment. Now, in my day, the only way I understood that was in the commercial that said, Calgon, take me away. I never understood why they wanted to be taken away, but, but that's what they said. Number five is home decor, which is pictures and so forth. Number four is sweet treats, such as chocolate and licorice, jelly beans, and the sort. Now, I was always hooked in with my mama on the third, which was greenery plants. And I'd always make sure I go to Home Depot or something and get something that was unusual so that she could hang it up because she'd hang it up and keep it alive longer than any woman I know. And uh, some of my, I think one of mine was still hanging when she died. And so... Uh, uh, that was always a cool thing. Number two is perfume. I never could buy perfume, but I know when it wasn't right. You know, I can smell perfume and go, ooh, I don't know who bought that for you, but you need to take that back. But number one was, and, and this is just for the, I think this is the newfangled mamas today that are so stressed out as the certificate for a massage and a spa treatment. Now, the older ladies in there, oh, no, that ain't right. Well, for you, it's more of a personal, sentimental thing like homemade gifts, pictures, notes, something that the kids made that you're able to attach and personally to. Maybe it's a coffee cup with messages on it, pictures of the family, boats, guns, golf clubs, lawnmowers, weed eaters, chainsaw, fishing rods. And, and, and I just had to throw that in there. Because some of you guys, you buy your wife what you want. I know you. You're as red as, anyway, uh, it, it, it's one of them things. It's amazing how we, when we're young, we're taught, we're, we're thoughts about our mothers uh, are in an, in an experienced kind of way. Sylvia Porter noted a, that a mother was a financial, or, or she was a noted financial analyst, and she took her calculations to the computer and punched in the average hourly fee for a nursemaid, housekeeper, cook, dishwasher, laundress, food buyer, chauffeur, gardener, maintenance person, seamstress, dietitian, and a practical nurse. She said, calculate it up. In Greenville, South Carolina, you'd pay somebody around 23580 for that. In Los Angeles, it was 
$26,962. In Chicago, it was $28,735. But we know that moms do more than that, such as function as coaches, teachers, interior decorators, religious educators, mediators, counselor, child psychologists, which puts a mama's salary well into the six-figure range. Now, guys, you get in the bargain with your mother. So take her out to eat. Don't go to Crystal and all these cheap places. You got a good thing going. Don't mess it up. But now my wife's a little different, and she may be like some of you ladies. She wants to cook. My mama wants to cook. And the reason for it is not because there'd be food in the house, because we would then come and fellowship, because she, and some mamas are sentimental like this, they want all the family around them for some period of time, and that brings them peace. That brings them a sense of contentment. While mothers are busy, their mothers are blowers of noses and washers of ears, smoothers of rust spots and wipers of tears. Scrubbers of dishes and wilders of mops, grandmas for dollies and winders of tots, bathers of babies, umpires of spats, helpers with lessons and makers of hats, doctors for headaches and hearers for prayers, generals directing all families' affairs, tenders of home fires, tenders of home fires, building of men, oh, for the gift of an adequate pen." Neither a pen nor a word nor a preacher can adequately describe all that is involved in the busy life of a woman in this life. While it's so true about what you have here, yet kids need to be still told that one of the Ten Commandments is, honor your father and your mother. Honor them, which means to obey them. Pay attention to them. They're smarter than you are. You hear me? You may think they're dumb. That's just because you're dumber than they are. They're smart. They didn't get where they are by happen chance. Listen to them. The Bible says if you don't honor your mother and father, or if you do, then the days of this life that you live on it will be full in the land of the Lord. But I believe their days are shortened when we don't listen. And we think we got it all. We know it all. You kids don't know it all. You got a lot to learn. So obey them. Honor them. That's what God says. Amen, parents? Scared, aren't you? Well, I feel better now. Today's demand to the successful woman and wife is a bit overwhelming, is it not, ladies? Women should feel significant and balanced, persons of importance. But the truth is, women today often feel frustrated, unbalanced, stressed out. They feel unimportant, left out, unheard, and run down. Women today who are also, are also mothers that struggle of not only about how they ought to live, but lives around them as they're rearing them up. You say, preacher, now how do you know all that? You're not a woman. You're right. I don't know it perfectly, but what I do believe is I listen to a lot of stressed out, desperate dads and moms and mothers. I believe I've read some of the best material on the subject, and I have it in my office free for you that want to read it. I also believe that I've come to this conclusion by messing up myself as a selfish, self-centered man. I understand your husband that don't pay attention and the kids that don't. I got it. 
But sometimes I'm like that too. By being married for over th- going on 39 years and listening to the hurts and feelings of my own wife who says, you need to be more in touch. And, and sometimes I didn't know what that meant. But I do now. Women, mothers are often bitter and resentment, frustrated to the hilt, and they often feel that they can't take it anymore. So mamas, listen to this. You mutter and you sputter. You fume and you spurt. You mumble and you grumble, and your feelings get hurt. You can't understand things. Your vision grows dim. When what you're desperately in need of is a moment with him. Now listen to me. You're not going to make it in this deal without Jesus as a believer. You're not going to make it without the power of Christ intervening. You are not smart enough. You are not powerful enough to get this life in, in victory without Jesus. Martha and Mary, and, the, and, and you know I normally preach this about them, but I'm laying off on this year except for this illustration. Martha was frustrated. She came to Jesus and said, I'm so sick and tired of you and Mary sitting in here while I'm in here working and doing all the work. I'm tired of it. Jesus said, I'm sorry, Martha, but I'm not going to deny, deny Mary the best thing. What was Mary after? Mary was not after laziness. She wasn't after getting, the, uh, getting out of work. She was after being at the feet of Jesus. And you ladies better learn that because you married a man for no other reason. And you don't understand us. You don't get it. You don't under, And you scratch your head at times and you go, oh, my gosh, I've even got a son and I don't have a clue. You never will unless you meet at the feet of Jesus. Because Jesus will teach you a lot of stuff. And he'll show you, give you insight that only he'll give you when it, you won't get it in a classroom when it comes to parenting, when it comes to husband and wives getting along, staying together until death do you part. You're going to want to kill one another. And and, and it's, it's it's a tough thing. So understand, if you're going to survive, you're only going to survive by taking these things in the Word of God and your private prayer time and leaning on his power. One little boy went to the grocery store one day and asked the grocer, grocery store guy for a box of Dove's detergent. The grocer asked him, he said, why do you want a box of Dove's for you? The little fellow said, because I'm going to wash my cat. He said, young man, you shouldn't wash your cat with that kind of soap. The little boy insisted. He said, okay. A few days later, the little boy was back in the store. The grocer said, hey, man, how's your cat? He said, my cat died. He said, I tried to tell you, you can't wash that cat and does detergent. He said, look, that soap didn't hurt my cat a bit, but the spin cycle got him deader than a hammer. (laughs) Now, listen, ladies, it's the spin cycle that I'm talking about of life. That's going to take you and drown you in the miseries of raising kids and trying to understand that man. Because sometimes we just flat on, you can't do it. But the time you spend with Jesus, it will will gain you the necessary power and spiritual energy. Or if you don't do it, it's going to take you out. Most women today are all stressed up 
with no place to go. What is this problem of stress? Well, different people call it different things. Some people call it a stress factor. Some call it a stress ratio. Some call it a stress component. Some call it a stress formula. What it is is a gap between my ought to's and my can't do's. When my can or when my can do can't keep up with what I want to, then frustration and tension and stress sets in. Dr. Vance Havner said this when he made this observation. He said that there's no work that is more likely to crowd out your quiet hour with God than the very work that draws the strength from that quiet hour. Now, understand, a lot of you women feel like you're run down. The problem is you're not run down. You're wound up too tight. You're just too tight. One house went to a doctor, and he examined her, and he said, Ma'am, you're not run down. You're wound up. And stress does that. Don't wind you down. Wind you up. You're walking around like one tight rubber band fixing to break. And don't think you won't break either. I've seen a lot of women go over the deep end because they thought they could handle things on their their own. And all they did was emotionally break. You can do that if you're not careful. Someone recently bought a grandfather clock and the man that delivered that clock said there's two dangers you need to avoid one don't let it run down and two don't wind it up too tight now understand this stress will wind you up way too tight and sometimes you know my wife and I were talking about this that if there's ever needed a support group for women today or men it's in the area of stress you need to be able to come into a room where you can talk and be free and, and, and not feel intimidated or somebody going to jump on you and be able to talk through some of that stress. Take your Bibles and turn to June, uh, John, not June. John 19. I said actually 26 and 27, but I'm going to jump up and grab 25. Standing near the cross where Jesus' mother and his mother... Sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there, and he was on the cross, beside him was the disciple that he loved. His name was John. And he said to his mama Mary, Woman, he is your son. And he said to the disciple, She is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took Jesus' mother Mary into his own home and took care of her. I think this is interesting because Jesus only spoke seven words from the cross. The first word was the prayer to God asking him to forgive his enemies. The second word was a promise to the dying thief. Today you'll be with me in paradise. But the third word was to his mother and to John, the beloved disciple. To his mother he said, Behold thy son. And to John he said, Behold thy mother. It's a picture of of three heavy-laden men on the cross, Jesus being in the middle. And the last thing he did was took care before he died of the future of his mama. Patty and her daughter sang in here not too long ago or just a little while ago, I'll never forget being at Patty's mama's deathbed. That, That just sticks in my head. 
she was so up, and then all of a sudden, you saw her start to decline. And I saw her take her last breath. There's a part of me that has a little bit of a guilt complex about my mom because nobody was there with my mom. There's a good chance my mom laid in the bed or laid on the floor or was in the bed and got up on her own, and she fell and hit her head on the side of her bed. She had an upper GI bleed out. When I went in the room, my mama was covered in blood, dry blood. That meant my mama had been there on the floor a while. And I got to thinking about that. I wish that I could have been like with my mom, like I was Patty's mom. But for some reason, the Lord didn't see fit. Miss Mabel. Debbie Pringle or Debbie Gilbert called me yesterday, and Miss Mabel is dying. And that was my mama's best friend. And, you know, I got to thinking, we, we think about people that die, and we think about that that ought to be negative. Man, for her, it's not negative. She took care of her husband when he, he was my home pastor, my, sort of my father in the ministry. She took care of him nine years and fed him, bathed him every day. He never had to go to a nursing home. And she's a little woman. She didn't weigh much more than 80 pounds. And, and Brother Hugh was a big guy. When my mom died, I saw Miss Mabel start going downhill. Because they talked every day. They prayed together. They talked together. They had a special relationship. Well, now in a few days... Maybe even today, I don't know. My mom will have her best buddy, except Jesus, back together. Let me tell you something. You kids, right now you think your mom and dad are indispensable? You think they'd never check out on you? That's not in their favor. In my opinion, if you want to show somebody you really love them, don't do it in regret like myself. I wish that had been there. I did call it, and, and she didn't answer. And you know what? I just blew it off. And my mom was probably dying at that point. All I'm saying to you is, if you want to love someone like Jesus loved his mama, then you need to do it while they're living. Amen? Children, Paul said in Ephesians 6, ought to obey their parents in the Lord, for it's the right thing to do. Honor the father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, even in the darkest of hour, his life, Jesus stopped long enough to do the right thing concerning his mama. Well, let me just share with you, and I know time's not going to permit me to go through everything, didn't in the first service, and it won't now. I'll give you as many as I can. What are you going to give your mama for Mother's Day? Free. First of all, give her mom affirmation. She needs verbal, and so do we, affirmation. What's that mean? Tell them you love them. Tell them that they're important to you and that you care. Children, tell your mom you love them. I don't care how mad you're at them, that you are at them. Tell them you love them. It's important that you do that. 
it's important that you understand that you got one time to do it. And after that, it's over. You know, some men say, well, I'm just not a mushy type. I, I, I'm just not a I'm uncomfortable with that. Well, then get uncomfortable about it. Get comfortable about it. Well, you don't understand. Uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm just not turned that way. Then turn around. You got one chance, guys. Ladies, same thing for him. Most of you are probably telling him. Either you regret it or you're in love. I don't know. Second of all, give your mother affection. How was the last time you hugged your mama? When's the last time that you went up and just grabbed her like you did as a kid and she'd have to drag you around? She didn't have to hold on to you. You held so tight. But now, you know, something happens weird to kids when they turn teens. You know that? You know, my kids, they, they never were ashamed of me till they got in high school. Of course, I did everything to make it that way. Not many dads show up in the school bus to pick them up in the senior parking lot. Get on, boys. Let's go. Oh, Lord. I didn't know that I could be ignored so good. Why would you ignore your daddy? Coming to pick you up from school, even though it was a school bus in the senior parking lot at high school. Come on. I used to have these signs because in the earlier days, I worked in a living and I was working on starting the church and I had him on the side. Handyman Mike, I do it right. <laughs> I thought it was good. When we went to school, Joseph, take him. God awful signs off. And I wanted to pull up in front of the school. I just wanted to wave. They said, don't you dare come up here no more. You park down the bottom of the hill. What, what goes on with this stuff? I mean, they sure put me into a lot of embarrassing moments when they was coming up. Why can't I put them through a few? And you know what? The very embarrassing moments I put them through, they're talking about putting their kids through. So evidently, it made an impact. I'm going to loan them the bus. Show your mama affection. You know, when she, did you know that she was one of the first people that wrapped you up and cuddled you for nine months when you were born? Do you know she was the very one that stroked your head, rubbed your feet, held your little, her cheeks against your cheeks, put a, out your finger to, for you to grasp and hold on to? I mean, she's the very one that said, give me sugar, baby. And you, pur- pur- you would puck her up, maybe slobber all over your mouth. And she took that kiss well, like a champ. I mean, what is going on here? She changed your diapers, potty trained you, held the Kleenex for you to blow your own nose. She wiped food off your face years longer than she should have. She constantly was touching you and letting you know that you were a, an important person and when she gets older, let me tell you something. She needs that same touch from you. Just a hug from you means more than flowers, candy, eating out, diamond necklace. Well, well, I'm going too far. <laughs> Maybe not a diamond necklace. But the physical affection is important. Thirdly, give your mama acknowledgement. That means understand that while she in this world, if she is a, which is rare to have, a mama that can't, I mean, that stays home and does nothing other than take care of the kids. But often society tags them, they're a person of no occupation. 
And, and, and all I'm saying to you is, if you read the book of Titus, you're going to find out the most important job you'll ever have on the face of this earth is raising your kids and loving your kids and taking care of your kids and seeing to it that your kids are well-fed and they're clothed. Proverbs 31, while that woman was a real estate woman, the most important wasn't that she sold land. It was that she provided for the needs of her family. And I'm telling you, that is your cloth of glory as a mama. Before Jesus. Then fourthly, give her attention. Hey, I might get done. Let her know. Listen to her. Let her know that she, while, she, you know, when moms get older, they begin to talk about their own problems and their own hurts and their own aches and their own pains. You don't think you didn't do that when you were small. Mama, I don't feel good. She had to hear all that belly aching from you. Why can't you in turn give her just a little bit of your attention? When she gets older. Mama, you, you act funny and you didn't. Come flying out of the bedroom naked as a jaybird when guests are in the house. You don't shut the cabinet doors. You don't put the milk up. You leave the bread out. When I get old, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave the doors open. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk around naked in the house. I, I'm going to, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to pour milk all in the floor like everybody. I mean, come on. That's what they did when they kids. And mama loved you. She said, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> Lord of mercy. And then last of all, give her appreciation. In an elementary science class, we've been studying magnets and how metal objects attract, are attracted to them. At the end of the semester, the teacher put one question on the exam. It was six letters that started with an M, and, and she said, and gave them a, she gave them a clue. It picks up things. Half the class wrote, Mother. <laughs> Somebody got to clean up after you messy kids. It ain't daddy normally. She needs to be appreciated. Why? Pretty obvious in my life. You're not always going to have mama around. Now, if you can use that calling card, use it. My grandmother, I loved her to death. She was a mess. And she was beyond being a Franklin. She had Johnson in her too. I'd go visit her. And, and, and she loved the sympathy card. You know what I'm talking about? Not, not sympathy card, but, but pulling the sympathy card on love. And she put them glasses right there down like that. And she said, Mike, look into my eyes. I said, all right, I'm looking in your eyes. What do you want me to see? What do you see? I said, I see you. She says, I ain't going to be here next year. You see that in my eyes? You better appreciate me while you can. She told me that for 15 years, I know. <laughs> Scare me to death. Finally, I go, oh, I know what she's fixing to do. And I started messing with her then. Mamma, you're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> Why did you say that for? <laughs> you know something I don't? <laughs> Look, guys, it's all about love. Showing the love of Jesus. That supposedly lives within us. Understanding we're under authority. We'll stay under authority till we die unto the Father. The Father wants you children, you youth, to love your mom, respect your mom, honor your mom and your dad. And it's a whole lot easier for them 
to, to be around you when you do that. <laughs> rebellion is in our land, guys. And rebellion is nothing other than disobedience of God, and it's, it's satanic. It's rebellion in, in adults, and it's rebellion in our kids. And we need to understand that if we're going to stick together, now's a good time to do it because life's not going to get any easier. It's just going to get more tough. Stick together, live together, love together. Go home today and then say, tell your mama you love them, kiss them, and they'll probably pass out on the floor. But you'll help them up and let them know what they mean to you with every.